Yeah, I didn't know a cactus could die after a month with no water. I mean, what's the point of having a cactus? It's a desert plant, so... <laughs> the whole reason why I got it was because I knew that I wouldn't have to take care of it. <laughs> my, poor, my poor Hercules, though, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, episode 27. My name is Max Pleiser, and the return of not Pringle the 2, but the original Pringle the 1. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I am here. I heard you had an imposter. And I was like, shouts <laughs> <laughs> out the broken. Shouts out the broken. Hold it down. Shout out the broken. Yeah. Um, Pringle, my friend, we were talking off air, but it's uh, it's been a month since I spoke to you. How you been? And it's been, it, that was went so fast, man. I, I, I'm I feeling pretty good, man. Uh, the weekend in Colorado was pretty good. Man. Uh, some family had a good time. Had some pie on my birthday. I never really have pie, but I was pretty damn good. I got peach pie. I did train a bit over there. Find a couple of lines. You know how it goes, man. Kill them all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put them on my jerky. hiking. Yeah. I'm a vegetarian, but you know, I, I still kill lines and, and, and make them into food. Get them to the homeless. Yeah, man. You know what's funny too, man? I came back and it's almost I only trained like two times because I didn't have much uh time over there, but I almost, it feels like I came back just stronger, and I think it's because of the elevation. Because oh, I yeah. picked up, I picked up the sandbag, the 140 pound, 130 pound sandbag. After and I'm like, this is not that heavy anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've been off. Uh, well, you've been off for four weeks. I've been off for about three weeks. Um, I just wanted to ask you, not recording the podcast for for about a month. Uh, how was the freedom from from no FGC recording? How was that? Well. The first week I did something with a buddy, and then afterwards I ain't had nothing. <laughs> Outside of the week of Colorado, I was like, man, I got nothing to do, man. I'm just going to say something. I don't know. Hang out with my girlfriend, I guess. <laughs> I saw you stream a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I did try streaming uh, before I left. I'm going to try back going back into it, uh, but maybe not this week, but I did try streaming again on the PS4. It's pretty fun. But I knew you were having trouble with your internet, man. Oh, dude, I got body 10-0. <laughs> it was free. He was yeah. free. Yeah. So we got a pretty, uh, not not as hectic of a week as we did last last week. So I got a, I got a new little segment for you, Pringle. So maybe you're like this. It's mm -hmm. I, I call this Mac Shill of the Week. So you know me. I Every time I, I get like uh, really excited about something i talk about it for at least four to five weeks and i, I annoy everybody in the discord <laughs> i annoy know, people Mori, <laughs> whether it's Omori, whether it's persona whether it's whatever like i'll always you know shill something because it's fun and i'm really passionate about these things well uh this is for the weebs um mm. actually no before we get to the weebs let's talk about the fact that when i didn't record the podcast I realize, oh shit, I have no hobbies. Like I got, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what to do if I don't talk about fighting games because I've been talking about them for quite a long time now and it's been yeah. the most time consuming thing that I've done. So without that, I realized I was like, oh, what else do I do without Dirk around here and no fighting games? I'm kind of just like a shell of a man. I was like, what, what, what do I do? <laughs> so I picked up, uh, I picked up two hobbies. One is um, mostly just for health reasons because I kind of wanted to get back into into working shape. So I start working out a little bit, nothing crazy, but just to, to kind of get the, the body moving. So eventually I'll pick it up um, more. So that's but that's like a typical guy hobby. Like, oh, I have nothing to do. Let me lift some weights. So 
Not, it, it, it really is. It really is. That's our not, thing, man. Yeah, not really inspirational, but I'll tell you what is inspirational. Competitive arm wrestling, my friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is some of the hypest shit I have seen in a long time. And because of the fact that I can't really watch fighting games, I can talk about them. I was just like, let me step out of my comfort zone. Let me see something else. And, dude, competitive uh-huh. arm wrestling is actually legit. It's so oh, interesting. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. I don't. You ever heard of this dude named Larry Wheels? I think so. Yeah. So Larry Wheels. I mean, he got. He's done all kinds of that type of hard stuff, and I. He even got an arm wrestling for a bit. Man, it. It gets pretty savage, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. There's. Sh- dude. Arm wrestling. Professional arms wrestling is like physical FGC. Like the same yeah, mentality. Man. I think that's why I really like it. You can shit talk. The crowd is right <laughs> on top of you. And the energy is like a competitive FGC, like grassroots events. And uh-huh. the fact that it's all skill, and not only is it all skill, it's uh, both sides. So if you want to win, you you better know how to arm wrestle with your right, which is a lot of people's strong hand, and with your left. And it's I'm watching this dude, Devin Larat. I mean, he that dude is sick. Um, the women's competitive arm wrestling is so good. Uh, it's just... Yeah. It's really, really cool to watch. Yeah. So if, if anybody's interested in a new hobby in the FGC and you don't want to watch laggy Tekken, watch competitive arm wrestling. It's uh, it's really entertaining, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, like, bits and pieces of it, but I've never really paid too much attention to it. But, yeah, no, I, I have seen some. Dude, it, it's a pretty – it's funny, though, because it's, like, it's a very funny small sport when you think about it. Like, yeah. it doesn't really require much. You're just kind of, like – moving each other's hand but it's funny how like how much this become into like a thing yeah and you'd be seeing these women man their arms are like oh like, they've been on both legs like they're either they're on steroids or they got some amazing ass jeans yeah. you know what <laughs> i learned though, for a long ass time I-, I learned just because you know outside looking in you like oh mm-hmm. competitive arm wrestling it's all brutes right and it is you do yeah. have some giant dudes but the amount of technique that goes into competitive arm wrestling it's not just brute strength like you need that obviously but first of all you need stamina so if you have all muscle yeah. then yeah, you yep, can't yep, really yep, last yeah, yeah, two you need really good technique and it's not so much the strength of your arm but it's the control of your wrist and yeah man it's always it's so like cool that, there's dude. layers and like dude i'm fascinated i'm i'm like trying to figure out the frame data for arm wrestling and stuff like okay <laughs> with the strap without the strap like i'm into it like it's it's interesting <laughs> yeah man it it it's always like that though usually when you find people that have become something like they've gotten to a level another level of something it's not so much about the strength it's more so about the technique yeah no it's uh there's there's layers it's really cool and you know what mm-hmm. it made me realize is that any okay i think i'm pretty sure i could watch anything done at the highest level and be entertained like i could watch a dude um like back semis into slots and like if he's really good at it like dude that's like highly skill based he's really good at it he's the best of the best that's entertaining to me so i think i can watch anything done by the best of the best and that that's like the bomb dude i think i i agree there's only one thing i cannot watch at the highest Mobus or not that Mobus a uh, league. Oh, yeah. Dota. Maybe not Dota. Maybe not Dota, but that game is boring even at the highest level. I've watched it multiple times, and I'm like, I don't get it. It's so boring looking. 
But I would say anything physical, yes, for sure. Have you ever seen uh, – I remember I was watching Majin Obama a while ago and he was watching Beyblade Championships. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. man, it's so funny, dude. Oh, yeah. my God, dude. So good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's my show of the week. That's part one of my show of the week is uh, competitive arm wrestling. That's It's really, really fun to watch. Number two mm-hmm. is – I don't know. Are you – a big manga guy or are you an anime guy? I don't know if I asked you this before. I don't really... I, I, I like manga. I haven't really been keeping up with any of that stuff, though, but what about it? Okay. So here's my second part of show, show of the week. Is There's a manga who I, I used to read back in the day, and I think I read it so fast that I caught up and there were no more chapters left, and then I forgot about it, and it's ever since then. there's It's passed like a few years now, so I, there's all these chapters, so I've been rereading it i'm all the way caught up but it's called blood on the tracks so Mm -hmm. just a disclaimer here so this is this is not for everybody obviously because you know my taste um i like omori and omori is uh it's it's big overlying theme is suicide so that's not something that everybody should should play because if you're sensitive to that stuff then it's probably not the game for you also it's psychological horror blood on the tracks is also psychological horror but it's done in such a way where it's um it's super interesting the the art to the storytelling Everything about it, to me, is foreign because it has to do with, just a small synopsis, it has to do with an overprotective mother, but then you realize that there's a reason for that, and that's where the psych horror gets into it. So there's a lot of interesting things that happened, and um, I really like it because I had a great mom, right? Like, I didn't have a crazy mom, so reading stuff mm. like this is foreign to me. That's why I'm I, I'm interested, like, but... When you know when we talk quality, I I can tell that something is quality even if I don't necessarily think it's for everybody. So, um, Blood on the Tracks. If you like psych horror manga, I think uh, this is excellent. It's also made by an author who has made uh, plenty of other uh, psych horror type type manga, and they were all really um, critically acclaimed. So try it if you like it. If you like that type of vibe, then uh, I think for I think it's the truth. To be honest, it's it's one of the best things I've read so far. So it's good. Yeah, I think I've heard of this one before, actually. Now that I looked it up, I think a dude, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but Super Eyepatch Wolf, a YouTuber, he made a really good video on that one. And I think you'd like it. His videos are like really top notch, a lot of editing, a lot of work put into it. And um, is, is this the one where like the real horror is in the family kind of thing, where like the real horror comes from a more human, a yes. more mm-hmm. close and personal? Yeah, so then I haven't read it, but I definitely saw the video of it, and it's, it sounds really good. Um, it's one of those type of things where the horror doesn't necessarily... Because like one of the problems I have with a lot of horror movies, and one of the reasons why I don't really like them very often, is that it's always something where it's kind of shown, and it's kind of... It, it, it's trying to play too hard into um, you not knowing what it is. And then when you see what it is, it's not very frightening because yeah. now you've kind of painted the picture. The most scariest things are the ones that you don't understand and you don't know. Mm-hmm. So what's so trippy about that manga, I remember, is the fact that like it's something that you do know, but then you don't know the extent of the person because it's someone so close to you. Because the the scariest things are like, like what is it like? It's also like what most... most um, most phone calls, if, it, if there's usually violence involved, it's usually domestic violence, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always close to, uh, it, it's usually that type of situation where it's always the close things where it hits the worst, man. Yeah. No. It, th- so this one is not supernatural at all. It's uh, very yeah. 
it's vivid imagery and um, like you said, because of the fact that there's that human element, so it, it grounds it in reality. That's why it, what mm-hmm. makes it even scarier. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 just really really good. I don't want to give too much away because of the fact that there's um I want other people to experience it the way I did. But um, yeah, it's I I think it's a masterpiece so far. It's not done yet, but I it's it's really really good. Yeah. If anybody here took my shilling of Amori seriously and played it and enjoyed it, you might enjoy reading Blood on the Tracks. I highly recommend it. Yeah, man. Before we get to Hollywood Question of the Week and all that, I just want to put a smaller disclaimer here again in case anybody that's listening to this on audio platforms for some reason who used to be a YouTube person is not completely caught up. So I changed the format of FGC Hollywood for the YouTube version. So now... FGC Hollywood, the whole show is on a separate channel. It's it's just called FGC Hollywood. The show returns to the old format, so it's just the still thumbnail, uh, no B-roll like I used to do. And I think I started on episode 20 or 19 until uh, we went on break. So no B-roll, but there will be highlights. So highlights will be posted on my main channel, the main Max Plexer channel, with B-roll and video. The audio remains the same, obviously. So if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or everything, that's all the same. You shouldn't have experienced any change. And we record on Saturdays, obviously. And I will try to edit the the audio version of the show really quick, depending on the length and what we got going on, and then post that on Monday. And then the clips will follow the rest of the week. So maybe Tuesday or Wednesday or Wednesday and Thursday, depending on the show length. So just wanted to update anybody who did move over to audio platforms because you knew that we were going to stop with the YouTube. I kind of uh, did an audible there and remained it or, or kept it on the YouTube platform just on a separate channel. And the last housekeeping before we get to Hollywood question of the week is our Discord. Join our Discord, please. I don't have anything planned, but I want to run ponies. I want to run that tournament and I want to play TFH before Strive comes out, hopefully, because I know that once Strive comes out and then we're going to get flooded with Melty Blood and KOF 15 and Ponies is going to get left behind. So I just want to give it that pedestal like once. Let's come play. It's a fun game and you can forget you've ever played it. So uh, come join FGC Hollywood. The link is in the description of every YouTube version of this podcast. And, uh, yeah, I really want to run Ponies. It's a fun game. Rollback Netcode. They just added Shanty. She's really fun. Uh, the new lobby, new stages. So come join, you degenerates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Join. Play some Melty, man. Uh, melty. <laughs> <laughs> some TFH. I'm not Melty. Don't forget that one. I said Melty. <laughs> yeah, man. You, you got you to gotta run and catch these hands, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're really close. We have, like, six or seven people that, that play TFH. Uh, we just need a couple mm-hmm. more. Um, I don't mind playing. Uh, I'd rather run it, obviously, but I don't mind playing if we need an eight person for just the top eight. So we can do that. But if we can get more people in, I just kind of wanted to run the tournament because I I really enjoy that game and I want other people to, um, to, I mean, also, by the way, we've had multiple people who showed up in the Discord, saw that we have interest in TFH and then kind of scoffed at it or weren't really believers, Mm -hmm. played it and they were like, actually, man, this is really good. So. Yeah. It's like, I think I'm a believer. Yeah. Well, that's that's your first sin. You didn't mm-hmm. believe, but don't worry. We'll wash away those sins, buddy. We yeah. got you. All right. Now, Hollywood question of the week. So, Pringle, I don't know if you've been keeping up with all this, but Attack on Titan ended. And it ended very, I don't want to say unceremoniously, but it was very mm-hmm. divisive of an ending, right? It wasn't what everybody expected. 
it's still good. I still think it's it's it's. I don't know if I want to call it a masterpiece, but it's it's really good. It's really really good. It's one of the, the better things I've read. Mm-hmm. The ending though was, I don't know how it made me feel. Like not really like fulfilled, right? So I've always said that like endings are really hard to get right. It's in anything, games, TV shows, books, you name it. It's it's very difficult to get them right. So do you recall an ending that got it right? Mm, I would say every Dragon Quest game I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's because the answer, ending, right? I, I would say that, that like, let me see if I can think of an anime in particular. Because usually, like, video games, they can kind of, depending on what kind you play, it could be very easy. Like, I remember Game of Thrones had a really bad ending. And I'd say Dexter has such a bad one that they're going to reboot it just for the last season of it. So I know I could tell you I didn't like Evangelion Genesis ending. That's for sure. That was. Yeah, that was, I hated that, that ending. I hated it all of devices. It. <laughs> that was <pretty> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, uh, It's very hard. Let me see if I can think. Well, it shouldn't be hard. I, can't, I just can't think of anything at the top of my head at the moment. I can give you a couple if you want to think about it. Right, right, right. So I'll say. If a game, I'll, I'll go by most recent. A game, obviously, Omori. Like, I've, I have like a little note here. Like, I've played so many games and I've read stuff and I've watched stuff and I've gone through like the five stages of grief whenever something ends. And the, the, the stages are uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, right? But Omori, I will say that's an ending that I think got it right. Like, it's a super, yeah. super sad ending, in my opinion, but it's the right one, right? Like, you can't say that very mm-hmm. often. A TV show yeah. or uh, an anime or manga or whatever, the most recent one that I can recall that I think got it right was the final season of Samurai Jack. And that was start like front to back, in my opinion, that was a masterpiece. And the way it finished everything was so, so good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that as well. I can't really think of anything that had a really darkish ending that I did like. Like Parasite. You ever heard of Parasite? The uh, Korean film? Uh, no, no, no. The, uh, the anime. It was a manga too. First, it was a manga, and then it turned into an anime, like almost like fifteen years later. <laughs> uh, no, I've never heard of it. Oh yeah, it's it's pretty good. It definitely is pretty good. All right, on. All right, we got some podcast corrections here, and mm. Zia was really mad at me last week because oh boy, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to KOF, he's like he writes Karen emails, oh, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he writes you a Karen email. <laughs> So, uh, podcast correction number one was Yashiro Nanakase was playable in King of Fighters 97, 98, 2000 as a striker assist for Ralph and 2002 unlimited match, obviously. So, last week I said I didn't think he was playable in anything else. So, yes, he was. He was playable in different games. So, my bad on that one. Oh, I didn't know that he was from those other games. That makes me think Hinako may be able to drop, actually. I didn't know that. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it seems like everybody's alive again. I don't think Hinako died. Yeah. I'm pretty sure not. That's going to be another podcast correction, probably. But uh, I'm pretty sure she's alive and well. Just people don't like her because of the fact that she's only part Japanese and she's part Russian. Yeah. So I that's what I heard, at least. So we'll see. It would be cool if she came back, though. The other podcast correction has to do with Melty Blood type Lumina. So... That being a prequel is still not technically confirmed. So some outlets have reported it as such. Some have not. So I'm not sure if the source that I used last week translated the original press release correctly or not. So from what I've seen, people say that, yes, it does happen. 
before the new Tsukihime. But mm. it's weird because of the fact that I don't know if there's some things lost in translation there. So once we get more information, we'll know exactly if this is a proper prequel or if maybe it's set on like a soft reset of a timeline. I don't know. You know how it is with with uh, Type Moon. So we'll we'll figure out that once we get more information. But for now, I'll still go with the source that I have and just call it a prequel. Yeah. Huh. I'm over here like, what if the prequel was just, I don't know. A day before actress well, again. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was saying that um with Persona 4 Arena and Persona 4 mm. Golden. So Arena happens, I believe, a day after Golden does. Yeah, yeah. And you then Ultimax a happens a day after Arena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a sequel. It's just yeah. it doesn't have to be this humongous time skip all the goddamn time. It could just be, oh, the adventure's over, and then you wake up, you go to sleep, the characters go to sleep three days later. Oh, someone's about ready to destroy the world, like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yep. So we'll see. Once we get more information on Melty Blood, we'll uh, we'll figure it out. But now we can get some to some news. Um, first one is Power Rangers making some moves. I don't know if you saw this. So on April 14th, 2021, the official Power Rangers Battle for the Grid announced that the game will release its Super Edition version, which includes the base game, four bonus skins, all three seasons, and the newly introduced Street Fighter pack, which includes Ryu as Crimson Hawk Ranger and Chun-Li as Blue Phoenix Ranger, who were both in the mobile version of the game, Power Rangers Legacy Wars. The Super Edition is set to launch on May 25th, 2021 for $49.99. However, there is also an option to pay for specific DLC individually if you don't if you do not want to invest in the whole package. We don't talk about this oh. game much, so that's why I kind of want to include it. They're yeah. trying to um kind of get into the the fold into the mix of things before in my opinion everything is going to come to a screeching halt for them because of the fact, like TFH, games like this, in my opinion, will get buried once you get Melty, Guilty Gear, KOF. It's going to be rough. What do you make of Power Rangers? Are you interested at all? No, not at all, man. I think I would enjoy it if I played it, actually, to be honest, but I just, I don't want to spend money to buy Power Rangers. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not five. So, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a grown-ass man. I'd rather play with ponies. (laughs) (laughs) There's a documentary about that, by the way. <laughs> I know the brony one. I've yeah. seen it, man. Oh my god, dude. Oh my god. But yeah, um, you know what's funny is I think I would enjoy it because I had my boy Alpha. He he's the one that kind of well, he kept telling me, "Yo, you need to play. You need to play Power Rangers, dog. You need to play Power Rangers." And like, I, like I, I, I just don't have much of an interest for. It. I think I would try it if I could, like, if I could find it super cheap. But I just don't want to spend. Like, I really don't want to spend a lot on, like, fighting games anymore, man. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's such a hard sell for me nowadays where I'm just, like, if I spend, like, a whole, like, because, like, the, the Super Edition, it sounds good, but I don't want to spend 50 bucks on a game that maybe I might not find people to play with or maybe I'm the only one playing the game and I got to scour the internet to find people to play against. I don't really want to go about all that work and stuff so because it's like uh and it's also like a time investment you know yeah like i wanted i want to play kof 2002 um but it's like it's a time investment and i it's just like i don't i don't think i have enough time to sit down and learn a whole brand new fighting game at least when a brand new fighting game comes out and everybody's playing it you don't have to really worry so much about that yeah you learn together right yeah man 
I will say, so this game has garnered some interest lately in our Discord, and uh, so much that I even had to make a, a make a roll for it for matchmaking. So there are people who are interested. It was on sale just recently, a couple weeks back. Um, still, it didn't reach a price mark that I was comfortable enough paying for it. Because mm-hmm. I know, first of all, it? I'm not a big... I think it was like $14, um, um, I'm pretty sure, for the base game. And... Yeah. You know, I'm not a big tag guy, obviously. I I love yeah. Tekken. I hate tag too, even. So I don't like tag fighting games. You know how I, f- I feel about uh, BB tag. Mm-hmm. Skullgirls, I play solo, Peacock. So, you know, obviously, yeah. I'm not the target market for this. You might like it, obviously, if you could find it for like maybe nine bucks or something, uh, just yeah. because of your familiarity with Skullgirls. And I don't know how much big of like a Marvel 3 guy you are, but... Yeah. Um, it's in a weird space right now. I think it does offer some really cool things. You got crossplay, you got rollback, you got a lot of different characters to play with. Now you have this the Street Fighter connection. So it's cool that they're making moves. I, I appreciate that they haven't given up on this game because you've seen a lot of other fighting games not sell or not do very well or not have the the eye of the FGC focus solely on it. And then they just kind of dissipate into the abyss of whatever, right? Like... Yeah, like whatever what, you could talk about any game like Omen of Sorrow. Where is that game? It's dead completely oh, just wait. off the face of the earth. So it's cool that they're still around. They're putting an effort. And uh, I just kind of wanted to shout out Power Rangers a little bit because we don't talk about them at all. And yeah, we'll get to another pretty... game later that I think uh, could be in the same predicament here pretty soon. I don't know, man. I think it's also like the brand of poor Power Rangers. I would even say is less interesting than ponies because I know ponies are, I would say ponies in a way are made specifically to be different while Power Rangers has so much legacy and it's like, eh, I already kind of seen that legacy. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like Star Wars dropped the fighting game and I'm like, I don't think I'm that interested in it, but it's cool, I guess. But yeah, but at least ponies is like, okay, that's, that's super different. And the fact that ponies, I know for for a fact, is made with the Z engine makes me super enticed to play such a, a clean game like that. Mm-hmm. Much cheaper as well. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a big thing too, man. If the if I'm playing, if I'm paying like thirty, forty dollars for Power Rangers, I don't want to pay that much. Maybe ten dollars. Right. I think I could get by if I find it for ten bucks. I'll give it a shot because the base game is always more than enough for me. I never really play any DLC characters to begin with, so. Yeah, you don't want to play Ryu Crimson Hawk? Uh, I don't really care about it. I mean, <laughs> Ryu my dog, but like, I, I, you know, if I'm gonna play Ryu, I'll just take his ass over to Street Fighter, right? <laughs> <laughs> or like Marvel vs. Capcom, which he's in like every game of those. Mm-hmm. I just bought that, by the way. I bought Infinite recently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it too, man. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I was gonna download it, but I was like, man, 58 gigabytes. Good lord! I didn't even realize. I just installed it. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that thing is huge, man. I can't really fit it on the the Mac that I'm using because it uses like a uh, it uses the Windows uh, boot client type of thing, the bootstrap uh, or whatever, yeah. or virtual console type of thing. So it just eats up so much space for me to do that. Mm-hmm. If I was on my normal computer, I definitely. Try it, but I did play. I gave it, I gave it a shot. I, I kind of didn't like it that much because I was not too much of a fan of how Mega Man plays. But I think if I try it again, I I could enjoy it. I played one match against Zio just to test the netcode net um, Midwest USA to Taiwan. Uh, yeah. It held up. It, it rolled back a couple times, but I mean nothing crazy. And yeah, um, yeah it's kind of interesting. I played Ryu Morrigan, and mm. you know it's not a game I could see myself really playing, but. Yeah. For the price that I got, I got it for nine bucks, and I just played a guy who lives, you know, thousands of miles away, and it was playable. 
that's always worth mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and I got it for eight with using the coupon you dropped. <laughs> <laughs> I got it for like eight sixty seven. So I was like, oh, okay, let me try this out. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Fanatical. So I guess when you buy stuff off Fanatical, they sometimes give you coupons. So I figured, hey, if anybody can use this, because it was going to expire in two days. So I was like, I'm not going to buy another game. Now we'll get to the big, big news item of this week. And this, my friend, I don't, I haven't seen such a rumbling in the FGC <laughs> For a long time, like this kind of caught me by surprise, but it probably shouldn't have. So on April 14th, 2021, SNK made every single FGC Degenerates dream come true by releasing Shermie's trailer. Shermie's trailer begins with her walking into the scene featuring a brand new redesigned costume, but still with her signature hair covering her eyes. Shermie starts off showcasing her traditional normals and specials, along with her usual grappling moves in the trailer. She then caps off the trailer with a couple of cancels and supers, which include what looks to be an anti-air super, which grabs the opponent while airborne. Shermie is traditionally part of the Orochi team, as well as the Disguise New Faces team in KOF 97, alongside Yashiro and Chris. Her latest appearance came by way of SNK Heroines, Tag Team Frenzy, and KOF 2002 UM before that. Something to note is that Shermie's trailer featured her regular moveset and not her Orochi form. So we still don't know what's going on with Orochi in KOF 15. Now, just a, a note here before we get to her um, everything about Shermie. So her trailer garnered the most views out of any released KOF 15 trailer within the first 24 hours of release. It's already over half a million views. Only Yori, <laughs> Kyo, Chizuru, and Yashiro have more views, but three of those trailers have been out for multiple months, with Yashiro almost marking or uh, marking the calendar at 30 days. So he's almost at a month, and he's only up by like 150,000. So Shermie broke the FGC, and it kind of broke the internet. I It's so... I don't get it, but we'll get to that later. Um, mm. What are your thoughts on Shermie? What do you think about this character? So right quick, she's another character that was only in like three games in the past? I didn't know that. Yeah, so she was a part of those that that Orochi slash New Faces team with Yashiro and oh. Chris. So yeah. Oh, that's pretty dope, actually. So they are bringing man. I hope they bring like they do the whole Smash thing where they just bring all the. I really that would be dope. There's so many like KF 2002 UM has like that's the game with the most characters, right? Yeah, I think like 59, but you can only play 54. Yeah, man, what? What? Really? Oh. Well, because of the boss characters, they're cheater characters. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah dude i hope that they do that with i mean they they will literally shatter those expectations if they bring everybody because i was not expecting that if they bring all the old characters all of these old favorites and they're kind of rebuilding up rebuilding them up back from back then that's really freaking dope i mean they're all alive why not yeah man dude that's what i'm saying i don't understand why and it's not locked under dlc come on guys we get 50 characters, but y'all can only get like 13. And then it's like Johnny's strive out here like, oh, Johnny about to be DLC. Johnny? Johnny? Come on, man. He's Johnny. <laughs> oh, man. But, dude, I that is really dope. And I didn't know that. St- notice that or know that. And I also say it's pretty, it's pretty weird that Terry didn't get that much views, man. Like, come on, man. He's more waifu than any waifu you ever seen, bro. He's Terry Bogard, man. That yeah. dude got them big ass guns, man. <laughs> like my man hitting hard the gym, man. But uh, so right quick, yeah, man. You know, 
I'm not surprised Shermie uh, dropped and uh, like pretty much all the thirsty ass dudes came out the freaking hoods and the rat holes, degenerates. I was there too, leading them. And I was like, Shermie, all the thick thighs don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> she's hollering, she's sticking it, she's sticking in cold peanut butter, man. <laughs> Yo, yo, why they made dude? She's the type of girl. She's a midnight stand chick. That ain't a girl you bring to your mama, man. That's. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why they made her look like that. So she is obviously. She's always been very like voluptuous, right? She's always had curves. Okay, yeah. She's always been like yeah. her, her sex appeal has always been a part of the character design. It's always been very high, like. Shermie is like a sexy character, which is fine. Like mm-hmm. a lot of KOF uh, females are supposed to be sexy. And by the way, some of those dudes are supposed to be sexy as well. So eh. I don't mind that. Like I expect, I didn't expect Shermie to look all modest, but uh, her her visual design. I So I was excited, similar to, we'll get to Zio's questions here in a bit, but like I was excited about Shermie, not for the same reasons. Like, yeah, she looks, she looks great. Um, I wasn't a big fan of her um, of her new costume. I like the traditional costume better, but the animations are yeah. are really what stole the show. Like they're super smooth. Everything mm-hmm. transitions the way it's supposed to. She did that little I don't know what you want to call that that little helicopter grab she did in the uh, in the air. So everything you want to say about the animations up to this point, Shermi really defied all of those things, right? Because they got it right on that front. Mm-hmm. Her design, I think people were so enamored with the fact that she is uh, thirst trapped, right, for these degenerates. Oh that thirst uh, trap is, is, is <laughs> that's an understatement, man. They, yeah. they, oh my lord, that's the chick you really don't bring home to, man. No. That's the that's that, the chick you show mama. <laughs> you ain't proud of showing mama that chick. <laughs> no. Oh, See, I man. was raised to like uh, classy women. <laughs> You like wholesome. <laughs> I like my woman that like to eat breakfast when I eat breakfast. Mm. <laughs> so for me, it doesn't do a lot. Like, listen, I'm not going to be a hater, though. Like, yeah. hey, have your fun. Like, if, if that's what you're into, yeah, why not? I mean, Shermie is a type of character that is for, for those type of people who like the waifu. I'm all good with I, that. She looks dope. I didn't know. Is she a grappler? So I assume she's yeah. like a grappler, right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking this time around, man, I might do like... Uh, I might just play all grapplers, man, and see how that kind of goes for me. So maybe if Hinako drops, I I might definitely go that route. But I really do like how Shermi uh, moves and stuff like that. She's much more fluid, and there wasn't so much weird cuts with a lot of the moves. Yeah, even the jump cuts were improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they let them ride, and then they would cut after she Mm -hmm. did a move afterwards. So I really like what they did with that. And it, it's just so funny that like everybody showed up for the Shermie. The, the yeah. memes on the Shermie trailer were just so funny, man. I was like, because so, it caught me by surprise. I was like, damn, she's like, what? whoa, what's all this ass and all of this? Like, I, I, I didn't expect it. Um, but I mean, I don't, I'm not really like, I say that jokingly, but I don't really care. Like, I, I probably won't pick her unless like she's really the kind of, like if she's a grappler and there's not other grapplers that, I'm not interested in. Maybe I'll pick her. Maybe I won't. But she she does look really dope. And she looks the animation too, to really be honest. Good. Yeah, Shermie looks really good though, man. Like not and not like just damn, she's fine. But well, yeah. But she looks like just good in general. Like she just looks really good. I still have gripes with their uh, their effects though. They still reminded me of like Mighty Number no. Nine a little bit with the <laughs> effects. 
They're getting but better. Maybe, maybe they're getting better though. Yeah, they're, I think they are. They're hiding it better or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jesus Christ! I'm looking at the trailer and man, whoa, she is she is way too thick, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they made her so thick, dude. Like, it's like whoa. I say way too thick, but there's always that dude that's like, no, hmm. there's not way too. Like, looking at it, it's got like six hundred thousand views now, man. So it went up yeah. more. Probably by the time we're probably by the time we're talking about this, it'll go up some more views. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, she really stole the show so far for KOF 15 um, for multiple reasons. You know, they made us like the the people who really want KOF 15 to succeed uh, happy, and they made the degenerates really happy. So everybody wins yeah. with oh, with yeah. Shermie's trailer. Yeah, everybody wins, man. Yeah, very very encouraging for multiple reasons with Shermie's trailer. I put down here the theme. Um, it's the same old theme. It just has a like a slight uh, redesign from previous games. It's good. It's a good overall theme, but nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. So Zio on Patreon asks, the Shermie trailer looks amazing. The best they have ever done so far, in my opinion. I have never been a Shermie fan. I think she looks dumb as hell, but this trailer <laughs> had, me, had me head over heels and not for the degenerate reasons we have seen flooding the internet. She is just animated amazingly. That said, it's time to expose both the trailer and our boy Jam for hating the game just to hate. While, <laughs> while two big arguments were given to him in this trailer to hate, he didn't even see them, yet still hated so much for objectivity. Have you considered this trailer is so good because it's avoiding the two major problems we've encountered so far? Can't mess up the face when most of it is hair, and can't mess up particle effects if there are none. He does have a point. That's why, I, that's why I said earlier when it's like, oh, they're getting better at hiding the effects because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not showing it. So it's like, okay, yeah. we got to worry about it. And yeah. he's so right about the eyes because with Sherman, you don't have to worry about eyes. No, you don't. And they've kind of been hit or miss so far on, on some of these eyes for these characters. Um, I don't, I, I've said like, again, like when you talk about the contrast, for my opinion, with Yuri compared to Mai, I mean, Yuri looks ridiculous in my opinion and Mai looks amazing. Yeah. So it's, it's hot and cold with him. I'm glad Shermie mm-hmm. doesn't have visible eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was always her whole gimmick. It makes it so much easier in the um, the art and animation aspect when you think about it, where they don't have to uh, make her eyes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, KOF, man, it's looking good, man. All we got to hear now is, like, good net code, man. That's, like, my only concern. Like, I, I hope the rollback is amazing. And then... I'm good, man. I, I will definitely. I don't think I'll buy it day one because I like to see how it kind of. You know, I like to see how it goes. Like sometimes stuff just comes out all busting. I don't want to pay into that, but, um, you know, that's definitely going to be a, a a future purchase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I'm really excited for this game, and hopefully, we get some more news outside of character trailers soon with regards to everything else that we want to learn about. But uh, so far, KOF 15 doing a very good job. Now let's get to something I alluded to earlier. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy. So this news item mostly has to do with Eustace coming to Grand Blue Fantasy, and he's the gun character, right? So he's packing heat. Um, but then at the end, I kind of want to have a conversation with you that I think is important with regards to this game specifically. So on April 15th, 2021, Side Games revealed the latest character set to join the Grand Blue Fantasy versus roster, the rifle-toting, grenade-throwing marksman Eustace. Eustace was shown in the, his trailer to have gun-reliant offensive game from different ranges. He also makes use of a short sword and certain attacks. However, his setup capabilities really stole the show, and he has a lot of semblance to another Arc System Works built character the FGC knows all too well, Guilty Gear's Elfelt Valentine. 
the trailer closed with Eustace's inclusion to the ongoing story mode, a few of his combo routes and extensions on the ground as well as in the air, capping off with his final super. Eustace is set to launch on April 20th, 2021, alongside a new stage, two story chapters, and a couple of cosmetic add-ons. Eustace makes five of the total six characters planned for Grand Blue Fantasy's second character pass, with the final character to be announced later in June of this year. Just a question. Have you heard about this character at all? Hell no, nah, man. I don't know none of what goes in the world of Grand Blue, man. I, I, I don't even understand. I don't, I don't understand it. Okay. <laughs> so you and I are in the same boat, right? Like we used to talk about this game when there wasn't a lot to talk about. This is what mm -hmm. I when I, I kind of wanted to propose the reason why I included this item on this list. Um, obviously, it's a new character to their character pass, so it is important in a way. But this the overall narrative with Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is something I alluded to earlier when I was talking about Power Rangers, potentially TFH, and all these other games that might get drowned once 2021 really gets rolling with Strive, with Melty Blood, with KOF 15. The worst thing that could happen to a fighting game, and really to a lot of many other things, but since we're talking about fighting games, is that nobody cares. So, mm. we, you know, we talk about, you know, Mortal Kombat. People love it. People hate it. Street Fighter V, people love it. People hate it. It's kind of what you want. You want something out there so people are like, oh, that's my opinion, and this is why you should hear it. The worst thing that can happen is being like, oh, I never heard about it. So, like, Eustace, that's why I asked you. You were like, well, I don't, I have no idea this was even a thing. Here's the problem. I cover this stuff. I get specific emails catered to me for this stuff. And this almost flew under the radar. So <laughs> <laughs> this game, in my opinion, is in a really just terrible spot and i'm not saying this because traditionally we've talked a lot of um smack about this game because we both don't like it we don't like the gameplay but mm -hmm. if you look at the metrics for this game on steam not a lot of people play it ps4 is still mm -hmm. doing okay but it's very region based and yeah this game is going to have a problem in my opinion like i don't think it's going to survive i think strive is really going to do a number on this game street fighter 5 is coming on strong I don't think KOF really has a lot to do with this game. I think those two audiences are different. But Melty Blood, I I don't know what the, the future holds for Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. I will say this, though. I do feel bad for it because of the timing. It And it still did sell very, very well for, for the time that it came in. It came in during the COVID age, which is a terrible time to launch anything, let alone a fighting game, which is already niche. But it... It does suck that this game came out with no tour. It was kind of divisive. People didn't really like the way it played. Some people did really liked it, but it was, you know, it wasn't so critically acclaimed that everybody loved it and had to flock to it. And it it kind of gave itself no real chance to flourish. Some of it of its doing with DLC models and just the type of game that it is, and some of it out of its control with the fact that it came out during a time of a global pandemic. So, dude, I think this game is, has, unless it does something drastic with marketing, with gameplay change, with a sequel, I don't know what it can do, but like this game, in my opinion, is really going to drown in the second half of this year with all these other juggernauts coming. I don't know where, what space Grand Blue Fantasy 
is going to live in, and I don't know if it can survive 2021. So um, that's all I wanted to say. Like the worst thing that could happen to to a fighting game, and I've been, dude, I've been a consumer of one of those fighting games. Nobody oh. talked about Persona 4 Arena, and that's how the game died. They didn't even say it was bad. They didn't say it was good. They just forgot about it. And like, you don't want that. Like MVCI, you don't want those situations where you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that that's a game. I forgot that existed because that means that. You're not even making anybody think. So I don't know about Rambo Fantasy, but it's just not, it's not good, dude. You know what's crazy too is that it kind of, it reminds me a lot of some other games where it's the situation where it's, it's not even relevant, man. Like, yo, how Skullgirl is still relevant when you think about it? (laughs) They got a world tour. And it, yeah, it got eight. It's eight years, and nobody's forgotten about the game. When you think about, it. nobody yeah. ever forgot about Skullgirls. But like, man, whenever I hit Grand Blue, it's it almost feels like a ghost. Like, yo, why are you screaming in the mirror, Grand Blue, Grand Blue, Grand Blue? It ain't gonna come by. <laughs> it's like Bloody Mary, <laughs> except it never passes by. It's it's really weird, man. I don't like. I think about it, and I'm like, man, nothing about Grand Blue seems appealing, and like, it's ah, uh, man, it. Like the lack of like the bad net code really doesn't help it. I think it would have done a lot better, but like even then, almost I would say, even then, I feel like it would still be kind of like a ghost, man, because it's like nobody cares about it. It has the graphics. I, I wouldn't say it has the gameplay, but it's got the graphics. It's got the art direction. It's got the music. Maybe I, I actually don't really like the music very much. It's got the characters. It's got like it's got enough to survive, but mm-hmm. it's almost like it doesn't have identity in a weird way you know what i mean it doesn't have yeah. something that makes me be like oh yeah man grand blue I, like it's not it's it's it, it, that's how it feels like actually it's like a, oh yeah i remember that game it's weird i think so grand blue in my opinion never really had very strong legs to to stand mm-hmm. on in the west i mean especially here in the states i think a part a, a world tour uh, really hurt that the fact that it got canceled they couldn't even get started and yeah it's it's an IP that comes from Japan that is very popular because of the fact of it, the mobile tie-in. And, and, you know, Japan, they love mobile games over there. So it's done very well. It's got that resonance over there, especially in Southeast Asia, but Japan specifically. But here, it, it didn't... I don't believe it sold very well in the West. It sold really well early on. I don't know about now, but it sold really well early on in the East. And I think mm-hmm. that really elevated it to what it's become... But I just I look at the future of the landscape and all these moving parts happening, and I just don't see a way for Grand Blue Fantasy to make enough room or headway to really create a path to keep on going. I just think they're going to be blocked off by other games that are going to do things better. I mean, if Melty Blood and Strive and hopefully KOF, they're all going to have rollback netcode. That alone is going to propel those games over grand blue fantasy versus so i don't know how much you can hope that the fans of grand blue itself are going to carry this fighting game because i just i don't see it happening maybe i'm wrong but especially in the west i don't see that happening at all dude and you know now that i think about it man you mentioned the fans i don't even hear them talk like you know who's a melty fan you can spot him in the crowd bro like yo you melty and you waldo i knew waldo was a melty fan you know what i'm saying But like a Grand Blue fan, I, I be feeling like they lukewarm, man. You know what I'm saying? And I will say that like Grand Blue did have a period of time where people were playing it offline. It was 
super short, but it was a period of time. And even then, like my scene didn't even really care much for it. They played the game. They liked it, but it was like, why play this when we got Rev 2? That's what it felt like a lot of the time. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And that was a brand new ass game. Brand new game is like an open, it's an oyster of just knowledge and new things to learn. And, and yet it wasn't enough. And like, yeah, man, I, I feel like I think of Grand Blue and I'm just like, who's showing up for that game? Dog? Like, you know what I mean? Like, who's showing really up for that game? Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> um, listen, if I, I, I'm not kind of, I'm saying this kind of facetiously, but it's also serious. Like, if I want to play a Street Fighter ask anime game, I'm playing Street Fighter Five. Like, I'll play Rose. I'll throw Terra cards out there. I'll do Oro. I'll throw the Turtle. Like, you know, that game and that pace. And if I'm gonna play Street Fighter, it probably makes more sense for me to play Street Fighter Five right now than Granblue mm-hmm. Fantasy Versus, especially for matchmaking. We know everything about Street Fighter V's netcode. It's still not fixed. It's, you know, it works sometimes, but also it completely crumbles other times. But you'll have way more chances of getting better netcode with Street Fighter V than you will with Granblue Fantasy Versus. So... And and in Street Fighter V, you can be in the training room while you wait for a match. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Yeah. So it does suck that this happened to Granblue Fantasy. Now, I don't know. Maybe they'll find some sort of resurrection and they'll be able to garner more interest, especially in the West, because I think a lot of fighting games, if they don't do very well in the West, they die, like, unfortunately, because of the fact that you just have a lot of people here to play fighting games and you need you need those dollars. So we'll see what the future holds for this game. But, um, yeah, it's it's not looking good for Granblue Fantasy Versus. All right, the final news item of this week before we get to topic of the week is about a tournament. So not this year, Jabaley. On April 16th, 2021, the official CEO Twitter page announced that CEO 2021 is officially canceled. The statement reads as such, quote, While we are sad to share the official news that CEO 2021 in June has been canceled this year, we are continuing to monitor where this year takes us and hope to bring you something special offline later this year. CEO 2022 is currently contracted and scheduled to return in June of next year in Daytona Beach. As far as the rest of 2021, we are looking to shift our September CEO Otaku weekend at the Wyndham Orlando to December 3rd through the 5th to give us more time to safely plan an event if possible. End quote. So looks like CEO kind of conceded the year as well. Remember when Combo Breaker made that announcement, Combo Breaker was on Memorial Day weekend in May, and they already made the announcement that, hey, we're canceled. They made that in January. So they already knew. I think CEO and Jabaley, they were really holding off because of the fact that it was later down the year, right? It was in June. And mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, hey, it's Florida, man. You and I know we both live there. That's the wild, wild west over there. They don't, they didn't even know there was a pandemic over there. So uh, they, they be out there like <laughs> they cough in their hands, they shake people's hands afterwards, man. Hey, I know brothers that go out the bathroom and they be like, I'll be like, hey man, you ain't gonna wash your hands. I'm like, what for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wild, wild west over there. Florida should be like a different country. And if okay, so if you're listening to right. this and you're not from the United States, just to give you a, a bit of a an understanding of what we're talking about. So Florida has always been that one state that just lives on its own rule set of doing things. Anytime you hear something crazy happening, it's probably down there in Florida because they're wild over there. I don't know what kind of 
what's in the water in Florida, but it's it ain't good because it's always the the stupidest people, the craziest shit. It's always Florida, South Florida. It's everywhere. So I that's why I thought maybe Florida would be one of the first states to open up, even though COVID is still a thing. So I thought, okay, maybe CEO could do something with limited capacity. But it seems like Jabali's doing the right thing that even though these vaccines are out on their way, I don't think that it would have been enough, especially with the fact that you have to wait for multiple shots and it is approaching that he would have been able to uh, really make a profit out of this and also deliver an event that would have been up to the hype to what traditional CEOs are. So it's good that he uh, he made the right choice there, in my opinion. We'll see what happens with CEO Otaku, which is their anime version of CEO. It's a smaller scale version. He's looking to move that to December. So he has a he has a few months to, to really think about that tournament. So, um, yeah, no CEO this week, this year. Yo, speaking of Florida, hey, for the ones that don't know, just Google Florida, man. That's it. Florida, <laughs> man, you will get everything you need to know from there. Just Florida, man. Um, and so, like, I don't what I don't understand is why doesn't he do the online thing with uh, some of that stuff? Maybe he just really wants it to be offline. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Maybe that's his thing. Cause like he did dream hack online. Um, I, I didn't even yeah. know, but there was like a schoolgirls tournament and it was dream hack. And I was like, Oh, when did this happen? I didn't see anything. And, and he did it online. So I was like, huh? Okay. Why not? Like, you know, do it online with everything else, but it mu- he must be really like, they must be really tight on wanting to do it offline because like even um what was it frosty faustings did their thing online yeah i mean but they're not as big as combo breaker and ceo but i i, I mean i feel like that's a great idea and it gives people something to kind of like kind of like it gives us something to hype ourselves up because now we have to wait a whole another year for a really high tournament even if it's online it's like and what like and you know what it also puts them at a point where they have to really show up man like if this yeah. tournament isn't as godlike as any like it has to be mo- so amazing that anything after it is never gonna be the same. Right. <laughs> so like it really puts the pressure on them to have to really make something like good. I mean they don't have to, but I mean let's be real, man. We would wait uh, that long for a tournament. We kind of want something. For, we mm-hmm. kind of want something. Real good. I think you're right about that. I think Jabali wants to do it offline because of the fact that you know CEO is more to him. It's more than just a fighting game tournament. He makes yeah. it like a, it's it's an event, Man. right? Like it, you have the the wrestling side day where like they have the wrestling ring and they actually have real wrestling there. They have a lot of fun over there at CEO, so it's a it's a really cool event to be a part of. And then you also have the traditional fighting game model that they go with on on the final couple days. So as a weekend, it's a it's a great tournament to be a part of. I I personally went to CEO Otaku twenty sixteen, and that was super fun, man. That was even though it's a it was just the anime games. You know, we won. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. So he, he really puts on really great shows. Now, I don't know, like you said, maybe the reason why he doesn't want to do it online because he's obligated to do other things. Like, you know, he's mm-hmm. not he's not just a, a, in charge of CEO. I don't know if Jabali is a part of the Tenno media, but um, mm-hmm. I believe Rick is. And they also have other responsibilities with other tournaments, even though like Rick or rather um, Combo Breaker is Rick's tournaments and and ceo is jabali's tournament they also work for other tos to be able to help out so he might just have other responsibilities that's why he is isn't able to uh to run something online all right uh let's move on so we got a fighting game topic of the week and pringle i think you'll you'll really love this because Mm -hmm. this is is up your alley and uh, i have a question at the end of this hopefully i don't forget to ask you so this has to do with rivals of ether 
and all of their updates. So we, we kind of missed this last week, but I'm glad we're doing it this week because we can really dedicate more time to it. That's why I put it in topic of the week. So on April 12, 2021, the makers of the hit indie game Rivals of Ether announced that they've grounded or rather that they've founded a new studio in Seattle to continue to work on their next game, a 3D fighting game project, which was teased on April 1st. 2021. I think if people thought that was an April Fool's joke, but it's an actual yeah, new project. It, it on that day, man. <laughs> um, the newly established studio will be hiring artists, animators, and programmers that are familiar with Unreal Engine 4 to support all of Rivals franchises games, which include the main and upcoming fighting games and spin-off projects like Lovers of Ether, a quote wholesome animal dating simulator set in the world of Rivals of Ether which is currently free on Steam and iOS and Android, Creatures of Ether, a card game for mobile games launched last September, Dungeons of Ether, a turn-based roguelite, as well as an upcoming series of comic books. They sure got a lot of things going on over there. At, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rivals of Ether has been in the news lately as it made a splash in the platform fighter space when it announced that a new rollback netcode beta will be hitting Steam sometime this summer as well as officially adopting four of the game's best Steam Workshop characters made by fans. The Steam Workshop characters chosen are Molo, the Smoldering Rage, Hodan, the Hot Spring Sage, Pami, the Superstar Songstress, and Olympia, the Amethyst Fist. These fan-made characters are set to launch sometime in late 2021 on Steam and Nintendo Switch. There's a lot to unpack there, obviously. Uh-huh. The reason, okay, there's two things I wanted to say right off the bat before we get to everything here. One, I know that you've recently have been interested in this game more so now that um, you've had a bit of a, a break from Skullgirls. You know, they're trying to figure mm-hmm. their thing out over there. So once maybe Skullgirls gets back on track, I'm sure you'll go back to that. But I know I've seen you play this game, so I know you had an interest in it. And two, is this one of like the best kept secrets in the arena fighter space, do you believe? Uh, what do you mean, the secret? So, I, I'm, I'm saying this outside looking in. I don't know much about Rivals of Ether. I know when you're yeah. talking about, like, arena games, I know... Or not arena, but platform fighters. I know yeah. Smash. I know Brawlhalla. And that's kind of where it ends for me. Because those mm-hmm. two are, like, the biggest ones that are... I I'll, I don't really explore the space, but those are the ones that I'm really familiar with. Rivals of Ether, I knew them... But not specifically with everything they have going on. I, you've mentioned it a couple times on this podcast, but is this the next big thing, or is it still pretty indie where you don't believe people in the platform space are recognizing what what this game is about? Uh, I don't know, man. I think it's like maybe when they do the 3D, it might be um, better. Big problem it faces is that it's not very interesting to newcomers as opposed to what you like it doesn't like gauge the interest in a lot of casual newcomers even though the game has a lot of amazing things it's not very like interesting to a beginner like it's just and it's not made well that it's it's like it's almost like gate the game gatekeeps itself from beginners to get into it compared to like smash where everything is presented much easier and casual friendly Rivals is more like a more of an actual like a hardcore type of thing, especially with all of the stuff in the game. It basically wanted to be like melee, and melee had that thing where it kind of gatekept uh, new people because of how hardcore the people that were in it would be. So, um, 
I don't. I think it's going to still probably stay indie, to be honest. One other other problem it faces is that the net code is delay, and it, I hate that. And like, <laughs> it's like uh, delay. It's like their net code is really good, but like, I heard uh, the guy that works on it. I heard he's trying to put rollback in it, but I think the game would be a lot better when it has rollback. But I still don't think. I think it will be a small game because like this game still is like usually in. Um, it's even in the tournaments of like the big smash tournaments, you right. know, it's overshadowed. So, like, it looks, it yeah, it gets, yeah, exactly. It gets very overshadowed. So that's been kind of tough, but yeah, rivals is definitely in that spot where it's, I don't think it's enough, but like, cause like Brawlhalla, I think works because not only does Brawlhalla is free, but Brawlhalla has the initiative of getting characters. Like, you know, they got Rayman in that joint. You know, who yeah. Rayman is, mm-hmm. I mean, they got Ben 10, like these random characters. Like, <laughs> like, look at what like Rivals got. Rivals Rivals doesn't have any of that, and it's $15. Well, I think. Let me see here. Let me double check the price because I think the price is a gatekeep in itself, man. Like, but look at Rivals 8. The price is $30. Yeah. And each character yeah. is four to three dollars. Come on, man. That's that's not gonna work, man. That's not like that's see stuff like that is gatekeeping in a way. It's a that was $30 my issue. I, okay, this this is where I'm coming from. So like you're somebody who's played the game, who has enjoyed it, right? I know you also you you have your your Smash background, so it's probably a little easier for you to get into. I I'm on the opposite spectrum. I don't play platform fighters. I don't really find them fun. Maybe in short bursts. Like I've played my friends in Brawlhalla while waiting on the Strive beta to download or whatever. <laughs> And yeah, of course, you know, oh, yeah, we played for like three, four games. We're like, OK, that was kind of fun. But we got it out of our system really fast. Like the the playability there, it wasn't it didn't keep us going. So we were like, OK, whatever. With with this game, like you said, the the hurdles to get into this game personally for me are definitely there. One is the price. Mm-hmm. I'm not I yep. know it's it's pixel art. It looks really cool. I, I love pixel games, but uh Thirty dollars. I'm not paying that. I'm not paying that for traditional fighting games. Why would I pay that for a platform fighter? This is coming from somebody who who doesn't play these games. Number two, like you said, no rollback, right? Delay based netcode. That's another. I can't do that anymore. This is not 2015. Like I'm not paying for that. And number three, the fact that I don't really know much about platform fighters, and this has been the sentiment from what I've heard around the grapevine. Now it's not. A lot, but it's what I've heard. This game is really, really good if you love platform fighters, but it's not great for introducing new players to platform fighters. So the game is really good for people who want high quality platform fighting. So like you said, it's going to be an uphill climb from somebody like me to try to play this game. So I appreciate that it's like, that's why I said maybe it's the best kept secret around platform fighters because a lot of people I see make the argument that it's arguably the best one out there. It's just not a lot of people play it because it's not the most popular. But quality-wise, it's it's really high. It just doesn't have the uh, the the real the big marketing push around it or the resonance around the community. So that's what yeah. I got from it. Uh, yeah, man, and I I agree wholeheartedly, man. Basically, that's that's the thing, man. Like it's like you you you'd have more fun playing Smash Ultimate, man. To be honest, right? Because you could be like, oh, this Luigi, oh, this Mario, look at him do this, throw fireball, stuff like that. But like with that game, it's like it really is for because like a lot of the stuff too, the inspirations come from Smash. So you have moves that you would have known nothing about if you didn't really play into those games, and it's like 
some of those characters are amalgams of other characters. Uh, like the 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 Zetter Burn is basically like like Fox or Mario or something mm-hmm. like that. And and come on, man, how how am I gonna get anybody into this? To be honest, like when I think about it, I, it's just I can't. Like I really like it because I basically. Like I get tired of how Smash is so limiting, but that's the reason why I like it because it's basically like it's almost like a project. I don't know if you know Project M for the Smash yep. Bros. game that mm-hmm. had, like, yeah, that that game. It's basically kind of like that where the game has all of these these crazy things, but it really does gatekeep. And even the tutorial, like I like the tutorial, but it's. It's all text based. It's nothing really amazing. Nothing amazing. Like you know, ass tutorial. Well, I wouldn't say it's ass, but it's good. But it's it's ass in the sense where it's like boring. You know, right? Well, they, um, they are making good moves here. So, like you alluded to it earlier, the fact that you know it's delay based, but the rollback beta is coming this summer. So that's good. Sure. The, the Steam Workshop is really cool. The fact that, I don't know if you saw that trailer, people have made over 1,500 characters and 600 stages or something like that. And a lot of community-led content. So that's really cool. But the fact that the community is really in support of this game. So much that they're w- willing to build for it. The fact that they, yeah. they picked these characters is also really cool that they're adding them officially to the game. I will say the characters and the way they play are actually interesting to me. Even though I'm not, like, a platform guy. Like, I saw Olympia. Like, she seems sick. Like, she throws hands. I was like, I'm about throwing hands. I don't care what game you're in. So, I was kind of excited. I was like, hey, this is cool. But I, I'm not paying $30 to play Olympia. <laughs> so, like I said, it's doing a lot of really good things, right? And now that they got the studio going up in Seattle, they're hiring. They got the 3D project. I think that maybe their success with the original Rivals could really translate to a 3D one if they make a big enough splash. But like you said, they got to get the netcode right and they probably got to do something to entice beginners a little bit more because, you know, as much of uh, criticism we've given Strive about taking away what Guilty Gear is, it's also allowing people who don't know what Guilty Gear is to get into Guilty Mm -hmm. Gear. So. Yeah, man. Rivals has to go the opposite way. They have to, you know, figure out, okay, how do we get people playing this game? Like me. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that was topic of the week for this week. A little bit different, right? We normally don't cover platform fighting games, but I figured, hey, why not? Let's give them some shine because they seem to be doing some right things. They just got a couple couple issues to fix there with the netcode, the price, and uh, the beginner friendliness. But now we got rollback listener questions, and uh, boy, it's been a month. <laughs> we didn't do any questions last week because of all that news. So here we go, Pringle. We got about eight or nine questions here. The first one comes from that boy, 81 on YouTube, asks, excluding Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, what's the worst fighting game you have ever played and why? I believe we kind of answered this before, but I figured why not just do it again? Uh how you gonna do that to us, man? Excluding Blaze Blue. <laughs> anyway, we were gonna dump on that game. <laughs> we were gonna dump on that. I guess uh 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 strive. <laughs> I didn't dump on that. Did you no, see the no, Discord, by Blue. the way? They're all saying uh <laughs> that uh Pringle made sure to delay strive because it landed on his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yo, I delayed the game. Thank you. <laughs> The best gift I got of, of all of this was a delayed video game. Man, that game needed it, man. Let's be real, man. It really needed it. 
But uh, no, I don't. I don't think. Uh, let me see that that Jesus game that the um, Fight of Gods. That Fight of the Gods. That one was like one of the worst games I've ever played. <laughs> but it was pretty fun though. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, I'll go with an answer I've given before. It's uh, Girl Fight. It's uh, it was on 360. It's a terrible, terrible game. Uh, animations, <laughs> the way it depicts women. It's uh, it, it's so uninspiring. It's yeah, it's not even <laughs> fun in like a Kusugai way. It's just bad. <laughs> That's the, you don't want that. Uh, we got an image here for a question. So Pyropack on Discord asks, with fight sticks or arcade sticks, how do you hold the joystick? So what I'll do for people who are listening to this is I'll make sure to include the picture that pyro uh gave us to so you can get a better visual so i'll put that in the uh, description of the youtube version of the podcast so there's uh there's nine different holds here technically 10 because there's one that's also a variation of another so we have a cover hold one cover hold two two finger hold umehara hold standard hold knob hold one knob hold two wine hold and wine hold two so out of all those nine different holds for an arcade stick, how do you hold your uh, your stick, Brangle? Uh I don't hold it any of those ways. I, I use my feet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I body you with my feet, and then I use uh, my elbows afterwards. <laughs> Damn. Nah, so I use uh, – I actually don't use these, uh, to be honest. Uh, I use the wine hold one, but it actually goes between my uh, – what is it, the um, – the ring finger and the pinky finger. Really? Wow, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's I I didn't like holding it between my two fingers. I didn't have enough a lot of control, so I, I believe I hold it. I feel like I have to go with my stick, but yeah, I think I hold it between my pinky and my ring finger. Huh. Interesting. I don't think I've ever. Yeah. I know Gutex has like a really weird wine hold where he holds it in between. I think normally you're supposed to do between your. Um, your index and, and your middle. Yeah. And he does mm-hmm. he does middle and ring. So his pinky is just kind of floating out there. But it, yeah. It didn't look very comfortable when I saw him play, but uh yeah, uh, that's uh interesting. You do you do ring and pinky. I've never seen that before. Yeah, I I uh I, I'm looking at all these and I'm like, who the hell holds a stick like that? That's a weirdo. <laughs> And yeah. then I'm the weirdo. Yeah, they're saying the same to you. It's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah. Whoa, cover hold? That's a weird looking one right there. The cover man. hold. Yeah, they, they also call it the claw. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Who does that? I've heard of Yeah, that one is really weird, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I've heard of that one. But yeah, I think that, I believe that's how I hold it from the pinky. I, I have to like, I feel like I have to, hold up. Let me, you mind if I get my stick? Let me yeah, just go ahead, double go check ahead. that. Let me see this right here. Hold on. Okay, now I remember. Yeah, I do hold it between my pinky and my index. And now I remember why I don't hold it between my middle finger and my index. It feels like the ball is too close. So I feel like I don't have enough control. But when I put it on the pinky, it feels like the ball is a bit further. And I have more control for my my thumb and my point finger to control the ball more. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. I tried it. I've tried it those ways, and I always felt like I was like, "Ugh, this is uncomfortable." <laughs> so, I, so I used my pinky in my index. Yeah. So okay. So when I played on ball top, I hmm. used to do. I okay. I tried wine hold. I didn't like playing from the bottom like that. It wasn't. Hmm. It wasn't comfortable at all. So 
when I played with ball top, I tried to do every single combination that you could think of, of threading two fingers in between the actual stick and then kind of holding it. I didn't like that. I was just like, this is so uncomfortable. So I ended up doing mm-hmm. a standard hold and which is basically you're, you're making your thumb do most of the, mm-hmm. the motions that are reverse. So that's why I switched to Korean lever because with Korean lever, you can't thread two fingers because it's all a bat top, right? It's the whole thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I use a standard lever, but what I do is I have a floating thumb. So I'll use mm-hmm. my thumb as basically uh it's not always on the stick. It's only there when I need to move in different directions. So that's the most comfortable for me. Also, I don't have to raise my hand because it just stays on the actual stick part. So, um, or on the cover. So it's, it's not a lot, but it's, you know, it's, it's always solid in place. So, um, I've, I've gotten used to that hold. And with a bat top, it really makes the most sense to to be able to hold that. And the floating p- thumb part, I got that from playing Tekken and backdashing because you're always mm-hmm. canceling into neutral. And then yeah. the the thumb aids with just getting a single backdash. So um, that's what I do with my hold. But I will say, yeah, some of these holds are really weird. I've, I've definitely seen the two-finger one. I've seen the Sako variation. Um and I've seen wine holds, but the claw, man, if you're doing the claw, don't talk to me. Don't ever talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you definitely eating with a fork on your cereal, boy. Get oh, your ass away from me, you, you murderer, you <laughs> psycho. <laughs> Yo, if you're using the, the claw, you a psycho. <laughs> that man, that man puts a cereal in the microwave to warm it up. <laughs> Yeah, that's a weird way to. That's a murderer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> a serial killer, you holding it with the claw, man. Yeah. That's like that's the hand. I that's the way I hold it when I'm getting my knife. <laughs> He's the type of dude to knock when he opens the door for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming in, and he already opened the door. Murderer. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a that's a really strange way of uh, of holding it. But they to each their own. You know. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, just stay away from me, <laughs> <laughs> dude. That 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 is that is interesting though. I didn't I didn't I I see how Daigo holds it. The, uh, the the I tried that. I didn't really get it very well. And when I was learning how to hold the stick, I watched like the one Gutix video, and I kind of went off his. Mm-hmm. But then I realized I didn't like it between my middle finger and my thing, and I did it between my pinky, and it just kind of felt better that way. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to experiment. I think uh, a lot of times when people transition over from pad, especially to stick, they have to figure out a, a really like a proper way to hold a stick has two different um, variations that you have to consider. One is comfort. The other is execution. So whichever one you put on a higher degree of importance is the one that you probably want to lean towards and then adjust to the other. So I like comfort way more than than easier execution because I like playing long sets instead of, and I can always just get better at doing combos, but I can't fight arthritis, you know? <laughs> I have a, another question. How does, how is your right hand? Do you rest it on the buttons? Do you keep them away from the buttons? I felt like after a while, like what I did is that I would let rest my whole right arm and then it would rest on the buttons. But then sometimes I would just hit random buttons like by mistake because I put too much pressure on the hand resting. So that's another one right there. (laughs) Mm. 
So my so the Toki actually has a, a quite a big uh, amount of negative space. So you can actually rest your right hand um, on the stick without having to either have it hovering above the button so you don't hit him or not um, kind of resting on him. So I just put my fingers where there are no buttons because there's a lot of space on the stick. See, that's definitely a Tekken player thing. Because right <laughs> yeah. only in Tekken you play a game where you could be like, I only pressed it like eight times. Like, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. any other game, yeah. hitting buttons. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it, it really is like, a, that's definitely a Tekken thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Number three, Sergeant Spancakes on Discord asks, if you had to give up one finger on your stick hand in exchange for one buff on your finger on the button hand, which finger would you lose and which finger would you buff? So speaking of fingers, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I uh, I throw away my uh, my index finger, my pointer finger. My bad, my point. I don't need that crap. <laughs> it's another middle finger that's short and stubby looking. Mm. <laughs> and which hand? And which finger would you buff on the button hand? Uh, mm, let me see. Maybe my middle. I think I actually press the most with my middle finger, man. Mm. Yeah, I think I do too. Actually, it's always the second link. <laughs> Maybe it's that extra reach it got going. You know what I'm saying? It's all that extra frame data, all the plus, right. <laughs> plus frames of that finger, man. <laughs> so normally a lot of combos start with jabs, right? So I use my index to do jabs. And then mm -hmm. I need a link with either like a medium or a heavy or whatever you're, you're playing. So the other fingers have to do that link. So sometimes you need more speed, more range. I, I would definitely buff my middle finger because i think that would do the the most damage as far as um or rather the show the most improvement with my execution what finger would i get rid of in order to get that buff probably my pinky to be honest i don't need it off <laughs> i don't need it <laughs> yeah oh, it does dude. nothing <laughs> you you know you made me think about it too now when I first went into tournaments as a beginner, and I still probably have this problem, you know the uh, button configuration screen? You know when you first get into the setup and you're supposed to configure buttons? Mm -hmm. Yo, man, like, would do it so fast. The menu options, they, they go through the menu so quickly. Yep. They hit their buttons, and I'm like, damn, son, I'm still trying to figure out where the hell it's at. Like, <laughs> They've done it so many times. I know, but like even me still, like I still like even I'm still like, okay, uh let me uh I'm still slow with that stuff in a tournament setting because it's like I don't know the computer. I, I you know, I'm just this is I'm in a new environment, you right, know what right. I'm saying? But uh it makes me wonder. So for like okay, so like what's a good four button game that you play? Is TFH four buttons or is it five? Well, one, two, three, and then a special, so technically yes, four. Four buttons, right? Mm -hmm. So what would how would you place those four buttons? I have another one on top of that one because I'm buried. I get kind of confused on how I'm going to set up because I haven't played Kelf, But So for those four buttons, the way I set it up is I just do one, two, three, four. So one is my pointer. Two is my middle finger. Uh, oh, no, no, correction. My bad. I really don't use my pinky in those games, actually, now that I think about it. So I do one is my, my pointer. Two is my middle finger. Three is like the ring finger. And four, I would go to the, the bottom row of the buttons. And I would use my thumb as the fourth button. So my pinky would do nothing. So you do three on top, one on bottom? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Oh, my God. Pringle, I, what is happening? <laughs> Yo, maybe I am a psychopath. Yo, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. 
First of all, you hold your stick like a freak, and then you play like a freak. (laughs) (laughs) So, so here's the reason why, though. This is what the way I think of it, though. Because, so like in most games, um, unless it's a six button game, it's a if it's a four button, you have if it's a six button game or actually eight. My bad. If it's an eight, well, Skullgirls can be you could consider like an eight button game because you you have like light, medium, heavy, and then the macro. So in that game, the the pinky is perfect for the macro, the the last fourth button. But for me, it feels like usually whenever I play a game that has four buttons, that fourth button is always a bit of a unique button, as opposed to the uh, to the light, medium, and heavy in a way. And then the fourth, cause so like uh, like when we play TFH, right? The I play use what's that chick called? The uh, Tianhua or whatever Tianho? Tianho, yeah. Yeah, I play her. And the fly would be the thumb button, which is the odd button out. So I use the thumb as my odd button button, you know, odd button finger. And then all the, the the three buttons, the three fingers I have, the pointer, middle, and the index, I would use those as the main button. And my piggy really don't do nothing. So <laughs> it's, it just made more sense to me like that. But I never, like, because I always thought I could just put it all on, like, the top row. Um, and I, if I put it all, because I know people that put it all on the top row, or what they do is that they put two buttons on the top, two buttons on the bottom, but that felt like really weird. That's to what me. I do. Like, that's what you do. So, so to me, that's like, why the hell am I going to be an <laughs> octopus over here making my my, uh, my my index finger or my pinky do something weird unless I'm always just using my pointer or my uh, my ring finger? So, so here's weird to me. Here, okay, so if you do two and two, like I do, which I think is the normal way, the non-serial killer way, <laughs> I guess we're going to find out. Hopefully people comment and tell us if, if I'm the freak or you're the freak, but I think uh, one of us one of us has something, something wrong going on. But two and two, so I would use, for the top two, it would be index and middle, right? For the bottom two, it would be thumb and ring. And then the pinky, you don't really need it. You, I mean, if you if you want an extra button, you can put it on the third button, top or bottom, and have your pinky floating out there if you ever need it. But that's how I would use it. What? So, like, here's the thing, though. Wouldn't that be kind of weird? Because then you have this situation where your your fingers are are you, since you have the index or yeah the ring finger as the fourth button, wouldn't it have to do something weird in that situation to get to that that bottom uh, row uh, second button? Uh, maybe it has to do with the type of stick you're using, but the Itoki buttons are really close to each other. So there's not yeah. I, I don't have to move very far to get to the oh. to the button with my ring finger. Well still though, like to me that like when I like I think about it and it's like I would have this weird thing where my hand looks like a crane game. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like and, and that's why so that's why I did it in a way where like the odd button would be the fourth one. Because it's like the thumb is the odd one out. But then there's some games where they're like uh, five button games, mm-hmm. and if they're five button, I would do it so that like it's legit how my hand is. So the thumb, you know how your thumb is the lowest finger in a way. So that would be the fifth button, and then the first, the other four, the top row would be basically the normal that your pointer, index, middle, and pinky. Yeah, I so like if we're talking Guilty Gear, I have the the two on top, two on bottom. And then dust yeah. is uh, my pinky uses dust, and that's bottom third uh-huh. button. And that's kind of weird to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> One of us is the first. <laughs> oh, right. It's so, weird. but think about it. That's so weird and how. So okay, so here's another one. This is where I get kind of confused though, like because KOF kind of did this to me. 
So when I play KOF, I, I don't know how you have it set up, but KOF is four buttons, right? Yep. So it's light punch, heavy punch, and then light kick, heavy kick, right? Yep. So the way I do KOF is that I do my pink, my point finger as light punch, and then I do my middle finger as um, what heavy is punch. it? Uh, light, no, 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 light kick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I do my. Is it like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do it that way, and then I do the um, I do my my uh, index finger as heavy punch, or my ring finger as, as heavy punch, and then my pinky as heavy kick. You're for me, it, <laughs> <laughs> you're out of control. For me, it's like I have all the punches on one side. Oh no, no, I have the lights on one side and the heavies on the other side. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That's oh. uh, yeah, it's very unique. <laughs> I think man. at least like, nobody ever talks about this stuff. So I think that I, like because you know I'm me. I'm like, oh, I can't be the freak. I have to be the normal person. But I guess we'll find out. People will let us know. Because think about it, though. That is always a difficulty I had when I first started. How are you supposed to place your buttons? Uh, I'm sure people will let us know uh, how they hold their buttons. Who's the freak? I'm really interested now because yeah, I've never really had this conversation before. Because you know what I've. I've realized I don't really watch people play. I just play them if it's offline, obviously. I don't really watch the way they hit the buttons, the way they hold the stick. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's always been like an afterthought. So interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and when you think about it, no fighting game is kind of teaching you that. No, no, no like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, we're out here speaking the holy gospel of fight sticks. And then when somebody gets it, we're like, how the hell you use this thing, mm-hmm. man? <laughs> yep. You gotta, then you got to be like, well, you're going to either have to use the, uh, the avoiding the puddle tutorials or the uh, cross counter adventures of Gutex and Mike Ross <laughs> tutorials. Yeah, no, it's it's a fun conversation for sure. Mm, yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, number four, Rag on Discord asks, do you think P4U2 has a chance of going to Steam now that P- Persona 4 Golden is on Steam? Or do you think Persona 5 Arena is more likely? I'll say Persona 5 Arena. Because Atlas hates fun. <laughs> yeah, man. What a letdown, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. All right. Organization 13 on Discord asks, if P4U2 was ported with rollback, but was Epic Game Store exclusive, what would win out? Your need for Persona shell or your Epic hate? I, would, uh, I wouldn't touch Persona with a 10-foot pole if it was on Epic Store. <laughs> That man said, hell no, man. <laughs> the hatred is too powerful. Yeah, no, thank you. He joined the dark side. <laughs> and, well, here's the thing. What if that rollback netcode? No, can't do it. Can't do it. No. <laughs> My man said, hell no. Maybe. I don't know. If it was cheap, yeah, probably. If it was cheap, but like, if it's out here trying to sell me Persona 4 Ultimax 2 at like $40, $50, $60, and it has delayed base netcode, they can go to hell with that one. No, no, no. That's, yeah. It's not something I'm interested in at all. They can keep it. That'd be the monkey's paw right there, bro. <laughs> yeah, or that's or exactly out here, paw, yep. or out here putting out bad monkey's paw wishes <laughs> for us. <laughs> Better where you were. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Number six, Mitama93 on Discord. A lot of Persona-centered uh, questions, right? A lot of Persona questions. And then Mitama, that's a Shimagami Tensei persona, right? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. 
uh, piggybacking. Oh, okay. So this is piggybacking off. Of, he says last week, but technically he's talking about episode 25. So a month ago, <laughs> Piggyback, <laughs> piggybacking off of last week's question about online saltiness. Every time I'm playing an online fighting game, I receive a message after a set. The message always says something like GG or nice games, bro. But anytime I receive a message after playing a competitive non-fighting game, such as Overwatch or Call of Duty, it's always the most hateful, toxic shit imaginable. I guess my question is, why are fighting game players better sports win or lose than players of other genres? Is it simply because of the much lower time investment from round to round in fighting games? Uh, make them perceivable as less of an emotional emotional investment? Does the one-on-one aspect of fighting games inherently create more of a base level respect for your opponent? Thanks. Very, uh, a lot of different parts to this question. So I don't know if you remember on episode 25, we were talking about losing and and how yeah. you can't really be salty in fighting games because of the fact that uh, we, we lose a lot. Remember we were talking about trash taste and how we're really the way we take losses is different from other people because we take a lot of them. We take so many of mm-hmm. them in order to understand how matchups work. So you take your licks and you don't really, you're not very invested in them because you're like, all right, on to the next one. What did I learn? So a lot of times when you get GG, you can get bodied, completely bodied, 50 games. And somebody will be like, hey, mm-hmm. GG, because I learned way more getting bodied for 15 games than I would have had I just completely steamrolled somebody because then I didn't learn anything. I would have just been autopiloting my wins. And recently, I haven't played a lot of um, non-fighting game competitive games online, so I don't even have that experience anymore. Anytime I play somebody online, it usually ends with GG, no matter the result. Mm. You know, now that I think about it, man, I haven't. What is what is a game I play online that is like uh, would I would say is like competitive? Oof, I don't really even know. Maybe like I wanted to get to point, wanted to get into Poyo Poyo Tetris at one point, but man, you're right, man. Outside <laughs> <laughs> of fighting games, I really don't be playing anything competitively, man. It's just not as fun. Um, yeah, uh, I think yeah, we do lose a lot, man. We we lose a lot, man. I mean, it it's a huge part of the process. The all the L's that you take is like it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I also think that with a lot of those ones you mentioned, Overwatch and COD, they're kind of team-based. So like it's so easy to put the blame on somebody else, especially when you don't want to take any blame. So I think that's a big uh factor as to why people are so like salty in those games, man. Like salty in a bad way though. Like they be saying some jacked up stuff. I got caught some messed up stuff playing Smash though. So like it, it, it's we're not impervious to it. You know what I'm saying? It does happen over here, but I have seen it a lot worse in those league games, man. They be they be out here saying you should have been aborted and all this. I'm like, God, there's some dark ass stuff. Oh, man. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah, man, they are. They are. They, I've seen some dark stuff, man. Yeah, no, we take a lot of licks, and it's just a part of the game, right? It's a part of evolving as fighting game players, and that's why I, I think it's easy to say GG because we ain't, you know, it's just – it's not that big of a deal. And and for the people that it is a big of a deal to them, you can tell that they're they'll never grow. They'll never really learn. So that's why when we have we make fun of the anomalies in this community that are salty, like LTG or DSP or for a little while there it was uh who's the British guile player from um the UK? Uh do you think his name? What was his name? Daddy or something like that. Yeah, I'm still a daddy. I'm still a daddy. So, Funny, man. 
Yeah, when we when we see those anomalies in the FGC of people getting pissed for playing fighting games, we actually make a big deal out of it because it's foreign to us. That's why that James Chen clip is so funny because he's a vet. So him getting pissed at eating a snake edge, like, come on, dude, you should, you shouldn't. That's a reaction for somebody who just started. Like, that's not a reaction for somebody who's 20 years in the game. Like, come on, man. But it's funny, like, because it's weird for us. Like, we don't normally get that salty. We shake the hand and we go back to do something else. You know? Yeah, I, I, that's one thing I do like about this scene is that uh, we we know how to take L's respectfully. And a lot of times we know how to win gracefully, too. There, you have your occasional pop-offs every now and again if it's heated or if it's a rivalry mm-hmm. between two people. But for the most part... Nobody is like, you know, saying, beating you and saying you suck. Like, that doesn't happen very often. So, in fact, a lot of times I've I've been beaten and I'll, somebody would be like, oh, man, dude, you made me sweat. Like, that was that was close. That actually makes me feel better because that means it's just like, hey, I, I did something. Yeah. Instead of being yeah, like, that was free. Like, <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot, too, man. Like, yeah. yo, man, pretty good, man. I, I've gotten invited to to, like, other little groups just because, like, put up a good fight or something like mm-hmm. that in the games. No, it's cool. Yeah. All right. Two more here. Goofy on discord asks, do you think the discord or rather the discourse surrounding the question of how do appeal to casuals slash new players is getting stale? Personally, I'm starting to feel like I'm hearing the same talking points and it's starting to get irritating to listen to. Absolutely. I am tired of this too. It put a fork in it. It's done. It's completely done. One thing I do want to say here, and I don't know how you feel about this, I don't give a shit anymore about what FGC people say on how to appeal to casuals. I don't care about anybody in this community talking about a casual's perspective because Mm -hmm. that does nothing to me. By the way, when I talk about it, it shouldn't do anything to you either because I'm not a casual. I'm FGC, so I'm not really giving you a new opinion here. You've, You've heard it all. But that's why I really appreciated the the trash taste talk because that was interesting. All all of them are non-FGC. They were talking about things that I did not think about before. So it was like illuminating to me. I was like, oh, this is this is real shit. This is not what Sajam is saying or what you know Corey is saying or what whatever. Because like they come from a different vantage point, and I don't want that vantage point. I want a clean slate of somebody who's outside looking in and not inwards talking out like i don't i don't want that so that's why i like the way casuals talk about fighting games because i can learn so much more from their perspective instead of somebody saying in the fgc this is why casuals are like this i don't want to learn that way i want to learn from straight from the mouth of a casual not from a conduit of another source into fgc into you know so yeah i agree goofy i don't like it at all either yeah, I don't know. it's kind of annoying. Yeah, I feel like we've heard the same song over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be now that you mentioned it, it's gonna be another Say Jam video talking about <laughs> why can't we get casuals in it, and it's, and it's gonna look the same like all the others, man. No disrespect to the brother, but I, I feel like I've heard that way too many times, and it's like I feel like this is a thing too, though, Mac. The FGC is so stale. So, like, look at this this conversation we had about how to hold the controllers, man. Now that is some real ass <laughs> yeah. stuff, right there, man some real ass stuff it's also like what stick should you buy you know how hard it is to figure out which stick you should buy and then realize you got to spend a hundred some plus dollars 200 that's a barrier that's a barrier if i don't know what a barrier is man it's so tiring how like we're just like regurgitating the same 
topics. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, y'all ain't got none. You could talk about how you feel like when you get into a tournament as a beginner or something even like that or meeting up new people or trying to meet new people or stuff outside of the games that could be just as as fun as, like, the experience. Or you could talk to me about how the hell you're supposed to get into Combo Breaker. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what's the process of going to my first tournament? Like, that's... That's interesting. Yeah, but man. to be honest, I want I want like a casual who's never been to a tournament before to kind of go to a tournament green and never have done it before and then tell me their experience. And I'll be like, oh, that's actually really good. But I don't want yeah, a yeah. guide from whoever, you know, not to rag on Sajam, but just he's an easy name to pick on because a lot of his content is catered towards beginners. So I don't want another uh-huh. guide from him. Or whatever, Maximilian, right? Like, this is what yeah, you should yeah, know. Yeah. Ten things you should know before going to a fighting game tournament. I don't want that. I want the beginner going to a fighting game tournament and then telling me what's up. Like, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, man. Exactly. Yep. I so, agree. Mm-hmm. All right. The final question of this week comes from Toby on Discord. And he asks, would you consider TFH an anime fighting game? And if not, what would you consider it? I consider it uh, ponies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's anime, actually. No. I'd say it's more cartoony, if anything, really, but American cartoon style. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's definitely, I wouldn't say it's anime, though. It, no. It, it, it's his own thing, I I, I think. I, I Yeah. It, it's what, if Grand Blue was that, that would have been a much better game. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, Grand Blue was definitely at the pace of them fighting her. That would have been so much of a very good. Mm-hmm. No air dashing too in TFH, so not really anime. Yeah. Well, yeah, some characters have it though. Yeah, well, the character specific, but not as a universal mechanic. Yeah, 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 exactly. I I, I want a game that's like TFH, but then I kind of the only thing that like what I I just feel like TFH is really fun, but like. It's not what I'm kind of looking for, so I kind of want something like KOF. Mm-hmm. In a way, I kind of want something like Street Fighter, but then like not Street Fighter with all the like the <laughs> bad net code and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I I think I really will like uh, KOF when I uh, when it drops. I, I want to learn it, but like you know, it's just the time sake. So you know how that goes. Yeah, that's true. I you know I I've played KOFs before, but uh, KOF 15 will definitely be my first venture into like full time KOF. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited. But yeah, Pringle, my friend, that is all we have for FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, episode 27. Uh, I'm glad that we got a bit of a slower week so we could kind of ramble a bit and and shoot Mm -hmm. the shit and not have to focus on all fighting game stuff. So it was nice to breathe. This was a nice breather episode. So they're nice to have every now and again. It's not always fighting games, fighting games, fighting games, even though it's what we talk about here. But uh, yeah, no, it's... uh, it's it's nice to have these slower episodes every now and again, and then when we start getting mm-hmm. closer to um, to Strive and Melty and KOF and DNFD and all these other games, we'll we'll have a lot to talk about this year. I think this is going to be a really good year, and uh, mm-hmm. it's looking good, my friend. Not for you, it's Skullgirls, but overall, it's looking good. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, when is Strive coming out again? June June ninth. June ninth. Yeah. They ever put a release for KOF? Or June 11th, not yet, sorry. probably. No, not yet. They're they're targeting this year. So what is it that we have that look that looks like it's gonna drop this in this this year? Uh, so, so three games that are confirmed for this year, unless we get delays, are mm-hmm. Melty Blood, Type Lumina, Strive, mm-hmm. 
and KOF 15. DNFD had a trailer, but we don't know where yeah. that's at. And Project L has been talking a little bit more about the future, but I think DNFD and Project L are probably 2022 games, if I had to guess. Uh, okay. And are you hyped for the new Melty? I didn't really... Yeah. I, I heard the podcast last time, but I don't know how you felt so much about it. I think it's going to be the truth. I think it's going to be... Yeah. What word? Melty is higher for me than Strive. That's true, man. I mean, it, it, I, I think it'd be easier to put the rollback netcode in a game like um, like Melty Blood than other games, that's for sure. Yeah, so the way I'm looking at it now, I'm going to play, I'm going to focus a lot of my time on KOF 15 and when that comes out, but Melty will probably be my second game and then Strive might be my third game only because I, I love Eno, but uh, mm. I love playing melty more than i love playing eno so i would probably play that even though i don't have a character right now in melty the the gameplay itself is the hook for me so that's uh yeah. that's what i'm looking at but to be honest i think dnfd could be really cool i love the way it looked even from one trailer we still have things like project l who knows that could be a really good game and mm -hmm. if dude crazy things could happen we get, we're getting a new Virtua, not a new Virtua Fighter, but we're getting we're getting Final Showdown. So Virtua Fighter Five, and who knows if Persona Five Arena is, is looming out there. There's a lot of exciting things happening this year, and I think this is probably going to be one of the better years in fighting games, especially coming off the heels of one of the worst ones. Like <laughs> yeah, 2020 man. was really really rough. You know, you know, a fighting game year is bad when Mortal Kombat actually wins it. Like that's not good, dude. Like you can't have Mortal Kombat lead the FGC. Mortal Kombat has to lead the casuals, and then yep, it's, yep. it's a part of the FGC family. But it can't, it can't be at the front of the line. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, I, dude. Yeah, you're right, man. They, they really can't be out here. Mm -hmm. I really don't like. I, man, I want something new to be honest with you, because I'm like, I am bored out of my mind. Like, <laughs> I, I'm playing Rivals of Aether now, and I'm having fun with that game, but like, I don't want to play Rivals of Aether. For one, the netcode is not good, so until yeah. he puts that update, it's going to be better. But two, I, 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 you know, that's not really what I want to play, man. Like, it's fun as hell, but it's, it's not what I want to play, man. Yeah. I really want something new, man. Like, God damn, man. Like, I sympathize with you, though, because so luckily for me, you know, when I got betrayed by Tekken, I managed <laughs> I managed to move to Unist. And then when Unist yeah. betrayed me with Uniclair and completely destroyed whatever the netcode was, which wasn't good, but it made it worse. I was like, well, I can't mm -hmm. even play my option B. I can't even play that anymore. Yeah, man. So luckily for me, I found something in TFH because I was like, I can play this. Like I have enough fun where this is my game moving forward until something else that interests me. So I sympathize with you that you haven't really found that one thing that like is the right, it's like the right mm -hmm. temperature and the right size porridge, right? If, yeah, if man. You need something that's just right. And you haven't found that yet, unfortunately for you. But I'm saying, I think in 2021, you're going to have a large bevy of, of, of options. If, if you want Melty, there's Melty. If you want Strive, there's Strive. KOF 15 is the thing. And then I think on the horizon, if not late this year, Maybe early next year, we'll get DNFD. Who knows when Project L is going to happen. By the way, Street Fighter Six is going to be in the works for, for 2022. Oh, yeah. 
And who knows what Tekken has planned. I'm hoping they move on to Tekken 8, hopefully in 2022. So these next 18 months, we're going to get a really big swing in which fighting games are are played. And there's going to be a change on the landscape for sure. So I think if you can find something to tide you over until you find that right fit, you'll you'll be all right. It sucks that Skullgirls has having balance problems and, and, mm-hmm. and Nedco problems and everything that... I'm sure if Mike Z was there, he probably would, you know, would mess around with it to to make sure that it's all good. But uh, until they figure their stuff out, you, there's definitely things out there that I think you'll be able to play. You'll just have to kind of wait on them and see how they how they form. But uh, things are coming. Yeah, because that's what I feel like right now. I feel like there's like nothing. F- I know there's something out there, but it feels almost like there's nothing for. I feel like I'm like aimlessly running into the fields, <laughs> and I just want a guidepost to be like. Here, Pringle, go this way. There's lights. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> but, I, but it feels like I just not have had anything, man. And I'm just like, it's bored. You know, I got like I like rivals, but I'm just like, this ain't really what I want. I, <laughs> Chaos is like dope, but it's a really old game. And like, you know, there's not even lobbies, man. So <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was I sat there and I was gonna do the the fight Kate thing, but then I was like, I don't feel like doing this. <laughs> And then go through something to install it, and I just didn't feel like doing it now because, like, new fight Kate is a bit different. And I just, ah, man, I didn't want to do all that crap, man. It'll get better. It'll get better for sure. I think this is how I think it's going to play out. I don't have any sources yeah. telling me it's how it's going to play out, but this is my theory. Strive mm-hmm. in June, Melty in September, and KOF 15 in November or December. So if you can play Strive, and tied yourself over until Melty, and then play Melty until you tied yourself over to KOF 15, I think you'll be all right. Yeah. And if KOF 15 ain't your thing, you can wait until 2022 and Street Fighter 6 will come out. And I think Street Fighter 6 is going to be under this new Capcom leadership. I think it's going to be so much better than Street Fighter 5. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know if Ono was really a problem, but it almost seems like it was. <laughs> it kind of looks like it. The game look, yeah, the game looking so much better now with how they're presenting it. it they're showing so much more and being more candid with everything. So. And I mean, don't forget, there's also other games that are kind of dormant that we don't talk about a lot. But you know, they mm-hmm. they could make a splash in other ways. Yeah. Like, who knows? Maybe Sam Show could come to Steam with Rollback. I mean, that could be a possibility. Or oh, we go. You know, we could get perhaps a new Marvel that's not infinite. You know, uh, and there's there's a lot of interesting things that could be in the works. It's to be seen, by the way, Dragon Ball Fighters is kind of an aging title. You know that the sequel has to be in oh, the works. Yeah. So a lot of cool things are, are I think, are going to be planned out for 2021, 2022. And I think we're going to get a, almost like a rejuvenation of, of the scene yeah. within the next 18 months. I think we're going to see some really, really cool stuff. Yeah, the, the water is going to be cleansed. Yeah. You're going to be able to drink from it again. <laughs> <laughs> the dark ages are over, Pringle. <laughs> New Melty. Right, yeah. <laughs> New Melty should save us, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, that's all we got for FC Hollywood episode 27. I appreciate everybody for listening. Hey, 27. We're almost 30 weeks, my friend. 30 weeks of recording this, yeah. this podcast. Crazy. But should have been it should be like 32 or something now, know, you know, how I <laughs> I know someone had to go somewhere you know <laughs> i know i'll take that l you know it's it's part of my part of my job as a fighting game player to take it <laughs> that was not me but uh yeah i appreciate everybody for listening we'll be back next week with uh, all your fighting game stuff 
and questions and hot takes and of course persona and talking bad about bb tag we forgot about it last week i apologize uh that was my bad all the news got in the way of talking trash about bb tag and grand blue and all that (laughs) so tag uh, is butt cheeks you know that game could be better if it had better netcode at least but it don't even got that so like it could be better you could play it if it had good netcode damn son it's dead bring leave it alone it's dead yeah (laughs) (laughs) let that joint die in the dirt like it should (laughs) it's done oh man all right ladies and gents that's all we got we'll see you all next week peace care y'all peace